This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. Oh, ha, ha. Remember me, old chum? Mm, Coming to you live from the Ziggurat at Omaha, deep below the metro area. You know how this works. It's THN. It's cover to cover for Saturday, September 25th. And my name is Matt Baum. And I'm the Internet's Joe Patrick. Here's how it works. Every Saturday morning at 11 Central Time, Matt and I go live on our Facebook page and on Zoom to rap about the week's new comics, news, it's called Nerd News. Thank you. Movies, TV, and, of course, the question of the week live with our listeners. I forgot my own brain for a second. I apologize. Yeah. This is a live show. It's like Joe oh, said. I, oh, thought okay. he was, I thought he still had a thought, but he just I, No, I thought, uh, I thought you were waiting for me to read, and uh, it's not me, but okay. It's a live show. It happens live. This is part of the charm, okay? Deal with it, people. But we need you to play along. So jump into our Zoom. You can find that link at the top of our uh, live stream on Facebook. You got to click in there and you got to scroll down a little bit. That keeps the trolls from jumping in. You can call us also at 402-819-4894 or click our Facebook call now button, which does the same damn thing. If you can't chat with us live, that is totally fine. All right. You can shoot an MP3 to two headed nerd at gmail.com. Leave us a message on that phone line or just jump in Facebook and chat with us. That is where the chat goes. We don't chat in Zoom. We chat in Facebook. So all of us can chat together and have a chatty good time. And before we get into all this chatty chatter, some BS, we need to set up some nerd news. Nerd news. Uh, just a real quick bit of uh, bummer news. Uh, Milk and Cheese's Evan Dorkin is stepping back from comics. Uh, he just he says he doesn't really see that he's got a place in the current comics industry anymore. Uh, and I, I, I like, I mean, I don't get it, man. It's tough out there, man. I don't know. I don't, I'm not saying it's not, but it's like he's Evan Dorkin. He's a pretty celebrated guy. I think he can work anywhere he wants to. I don't think he's like losing. Jobs. I don't, I don't I, get it. And I okay. hope it's not an I, emotional thing. Look, I, I appreciate your love of Evan Dorkin, but I don't think that the phrase he can work anywhere he wants to is at all accurate. He hasn't been a famous uh indie creator since the 90s the dude has been up for eisner's for the work he's done for for the the same thing he's been doing for beasts of burden yes yeah yeah um but it's not like he can write his own ticket he's not scott snyder is what i'm saying i like and so i can appreciate how it might be tough out there and he might want to see what's out there for you know tv and cartoons like i know that he wrote stuff for justice league i hope he's okay that's all i'm saying I don't think it's an emotional thing. I think he's just being pragmatic about the state of the industry. Yeah. He says it's he's focusing on non-comics work. He's got a Patreon. He's doing commissions. He's selling art. Uh, he says, uh, here's a quote. My reality is that I'm not a fast enough writer to turn out multiple monthlies the way some folks can. And I'm not a huge get. Uh, I've also possibly burned a few bridges. Uh, they didn't go anywhere. I wanted to be anyway. And it's a big industry that doesn't need anyone in particular to be here. So, I mean. He's just he's realistic about his place, his role. And while I'd like him to stick around, I love his work. I can I sort of I totally get it for sure. No, he I says there are lots of different ways to get work out there nowadays, uh, different ways to monetize your own work, keep the lights on, etc. If you're someone with a bit of a following, uh, but basically don't look for any comics announcements uh, anytime soon. You know, things could change, he says. So sign up for a sub stack. 
is what he's saying. So Yeah, right. DC has revealed a number of post-Fear State books. Uh, they, they call them a Batman uh, plan. It's, it's part of their Batman plans, even though only like two of these books have anything to do with Batman. Uh, we've got uh, Bat Girls, which is a new ongoing series written by Becky Cloonan and her uh, co-writer, Michael Conrad, yeah. with art by Jorge Corona. Ooh, ooh, yeah. ooh. So good. Uh, this is going to star Cassandra Kane and Stephanie Brown as co-Bat Girls. I love it. They're calling it all ages, but of course it is also going to be in the uh, main DC continuity. There's no reason why a book like this can't be all ages. Right. I don't think it's going to be like, you know, tiny Titans. No, I mean, all ages doesn't mean for kids. All ages just means that you can give this book to a kid and it'll be fine. Batman's wiener will not be present. Right. Uh, you know what? In fact, only one of these books has anything to do with Batman. So great job, Newsarama. Yeah. Um, we've got Swamp Thing, Green Hell, uh, written by Jeff Lemire. There's that guy again. With art by Doug Mankey. Totally into it. I know. Uh, Jeff Lemire says that Doug, uh, so there's a quote here where Jeff Lemire, or maybe it was in the longer story, but he basically called Doug Mankey one of the greatest comic book artists currently working, and I can't disagree. Gonna, I don't disagree at all. That dude is No, incredible. I think he's tremendous. I can't wait to see him draw Swamp Thing. I like to call out to the Misfits, Green Hell song. It's a great song. Look all up. right. Hey, cool. Uh, this is going to be the return of Alec Holland, uh, to, and it's going to be set at a, in a future Earth, uh, that's mostly under floodwaters, which, uh, you know, is very timely. Um, Are you reading the latest Swamp Thing, the Ram V Swamp Thing? I haven't been. I need to. It's very good, but it's not Alec Holland. And no. And, well, yeah, no, I, I it's been I, uh, I, like a different a different Swamp Thing, but I haven't done. Um, honestly, I, I kind of like Alec Holland's Swamp Thing. Sure. Fair enough. Uh, we've got World of Krypton, which is a six-issue uh, mini by Robert Venditti, drawn by Michael Avon Oming. It's going to be the final days of Krypton. As Jor-El struggles to warn his fellow Kryptonians what's coming, uh, it'll feature Zod, obviously. Oh, they always do. And Supergirl, uh, before Kara left Earth, uh, back when she was just his cousin, you know, kicking around on Krypton, which is not really something we've seen no, in past Superman uh, Kryptonian origin stories. Right. It was always like, well, Krypton's going to blow up, blah, 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 get Superman out of here, and then Krypton blows up. And then they're like, and we launched Kara into space, too. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, three states away. Yeah, when did that happen? <laughs> right. Uh, the big news here for me, other than Batgirls, which, of course, is my uh, I'm super excited about, and the Swamp Thing as well. Um, the biggest news for me in this batch is uh, One Star Squadron. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Written by Mark Russell with art by Steve Lieber. It's a six issue series starring Red Tornado, Power Girl, and some other C and D listers uh, who hire themselves out for just about any paying hero gig. Uh, it's got, the, <laughs> there's a variant cover. <laughs> there's a variant cover of Red Tornado standing on the outside of like, I don't know what it is. I don't remember what the building is, but he's like, He's got one arm against the wall and he's got his head down like I'm yeah. not allowed in the building. <laughs> it's like the maybe it's the Hall of Justice. I don't remember. But yeah, it's so great. Um, and it's uh, yeah, the main cover is uh, I can't see it right now um, because it's not on my Facebook. I'm look, looking at the video, but it's um, it's Red Tornado Power Girl. Uh, there's one guy I only recognize from the who's who from the 80s. He's got this kind of like 
weird. He looks like Deflator Mouse from the Tick, but with no shirt nice. on. Um, and uh, they're just like standing there under a rain of money, like yay! <laughs> uh, I, I am tornado. He's a guy just like you and me. He's got to make some money, you know. Yeah, gotta- you know, he's got a kid. He's got a wife and a kid. The robot uh, with a kid for crying out loud! <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, uh, got and then he did. Uh, there we do. Sorry, say again. Red Tornado, Power Girl, Plastic Man, Plastic uh, Man was there. Minute Man, Gangbuster, and the oh. Heckler. Gangbuster. I- uh, yeah, uh, the Heckler. Right, I did see the Heckler. Um, that that weird flying fox guy is none of those characters. So I don't know who that is. I don't know that guy's name. I've never known his name in forty years. But I I'm excited to find out. Um, and finally, we've got some new details about Joshua Williamson's upcoming run with Jorge Molina on Batman. Uh, we know that there's going to be a 12-part storyline beginning in January, uh, which is all about the construction of the new Arkham Tower. Or maybe they already built the new Arkham Tower. I don't know. Why would I'm you not... name anything else after Arkham Asylum? I don't, I don't know, man. That's <laughs> like... It's like, yes, the Hindenburg burned, but this is the Hindenburg Children's Center, you know? Like, whoa. Sure, right. It's like, uh, welcome to Titanic 3, Titanic right. Titanic 2. The, the Seriously, Gotham just, it's, it's like one of those things outside of Gotham where everyone's just like, I don't know, man. And Gotham's like, what are you talking about? It's sure, right, right, yeah. <laughs> we we named, uh, welcome to our new playground, the Ted Bundy Children's Center. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know. That sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> Uh, so this detective story is going to be written by regular series writer Mariko Tamaki with a roster of four artists, including Ivan Rice. That's kind of neat. Ivan Rice drawing Batman on a regular basis. Awesome. Um, what we've also learned is that uh, this Joshua Williamson, Jorge Molina storyline is probably short. Yeah. Which leads us into this next story. Uh, is Bendis the next ongoing batman writer if he's not he's making a bunch of dumb hints to throw us off <laughs> yeah and you know I, and also it's like he's not exclusive with dc anymore which doesn't necessarily mean he's not working with dc obviously no. he is um but it seems odd to me that they would be like okay you took all your toys to and ran away to a different company uh here is our biggest selling title <laughs> Maybe, but that could also be DC saying, like, this really isn't, you know, important to us anymore. This whole creator-owned side, we're going to focus more on our stuff. Like, look, Hill House disappeared, too. You know, Bendis' stuff left. I don't know anybody else currently at DC that has any kind of creator-owned deal. Do you? That's a good point. That's a good point. I don't. uh, None none that are immediately springing to mind. And I don't think it's like you're fired type thing, but I think they probably just said, look, we're going to focus on our in-house stuff and people want to come write it. Great. But yeah, that could be, that could be, uh, well, and you know, we've talked about how they can't keep their story straight as far as their different imprints go. What's what's the function of black label, you know? And, and so like, if I were a creator with a bunch of creator owned projects, why would I want to go to black label when Black Label doesn't seem to even understand what Black Label is. Right. And Black Label might not be around next year. Maybe it, it changes its name and it's sure. something else. You know, well, like I, I mean, this- unless unless the deal unless the deal from DC is so sweet that it's like, yes, they're gonna give me a home to publish my own stuff and a multi-year agreement, which is what they gave Bendis. So yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't know. But uh to the story, um, 
Bendis is uh tweeting memes about Batman. Uh yeah. this specific meme in this story is a picture of Michael Keaton's Batman with the caption things change. Uh, he, he did write the Batman universe story from the Walmart, uh, 80 page giants, which were great. Uh, Batman universe was a wonderful story and I like his take on Batman. Yeah. I'm not worried about him writing Batman at all. And quite honestly, Joshua Williamson should not be allowed to write every book in the DC. Well, sure. You know, you don't want to give anybody a monopoly, but, uh, I mean, he, cause right now he's writing, he's going to end up writing like six monthly. He's got yeah. this Deathstroke thing that's coming too that they just announced. Like, slow down, Josh. Yeah, Deathstroke Inc. <laughs> Deathstroke Incorporated. You're gonna kill so, yourself. So uh, we'll see. I, I don't. I don't know if he's tweeted anything else uh, since this Michael Keaton thing, but uh, it, it's kind of funny. If, if he does end up being the Batman writer, uh, it will be probably the least surprising surprise in in the recent history of comics. He did because who, the uh, the Terminator Two meme where it's like the Terminator's on the phone and Eddie Furlong's there. And he's like oh, talking to Eddie Furlong. That's know, right. Is, uh, who do you prefer? Like, oh, your parents, Batman fans. And he's like, yeah. And, he's, and he picks the phone and goes, Keaton or Affleck? And the woman goes, Affleck. And he was, your parents are dead. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, that was good. I love it. Uh, so we will see. Time will tell on that one. Uh, our big story of the week. This is kind of late breaking, I suppose you could say. It, it came up yesterday. Kiss Spider-Man uh, goodbye. Nah. <laughs> Cancel the movies out of comics. It's over. Uh, a legal dispute is heating up between Disney and the creators of Marvel characters like Spider-Man, Thor, Black Widow, Iron Man, and more. Uh, they have collectively filed lawsuits for copyright. Uh, basically, I, I believe it's referred to as copyright termination. Yes. Uh, where after a set period of time, the owners, uh, or pardon me, the creators of said properties can reclaim them from the copyright holders due to the way copyright law is currently written. Uh, we don't know anything about copyright law. We're not going to get deep into it. We just want to talk about how um, it's happened in the past. Larry sure. Lieber has done it uh, on behalf of Stan Lee. Uh, he did it for, oh, he, Lieber uh, co-created Iron Man, Thor, Ant-Man. Pardon me. It was uh, Larry Lieber is one of the current ones, uh, co-creator of Iron Man, Ant-Man, and Thor. Uh, he scripted some of their earliest appearances. Uh, he's also known for illustrating Spider-Man in the newspaper comic strip for over 30 years. Uh, so, yeah, he's got a he's got a, a, a stake, you could say. Um, you've got uh, Don Heck, uh, Steve Ditko, his family. You've got Don Heck, who co-created Black Widow and Hawkeye, right. the heirs of Don Rico, who also co-created Black Widow, and heirs of the artist Gene Colan, who co-created Blade, Falcon, Carol Danvers. Well, let's just uh, talk about why this is not the end of the world real quick. Well, and yeah. Probably, uh, so and probably a good thing, quite honestly. If, well, yeah, okay. So let's let's let me let me let me just uh, real quick address the fact that if your main worry uh, is whether or not you're going to get a new Spider-Man movie uh, instead of whether or not the families of the people who created these billion-dollar franchises are going to be cared for financially. You are a monster person. <laughs> uh, well, but, but even beyond that, like, yes, but none of the like the the goal here for any of these people is not to like take Spider-Man back so finally my vision can live. Like, that's not going to happen. If they win, which they probably won't because this has happened time and time again over the years, 
It happened very publicly with Siegel and Schuster. It happened again with Siegel and Schuster in more modern times. They're represented by the same damn lawyer, Mark Toborov. Right. And uh, the goal here is compensation. They need, they believe that they should be compensated more fairly for what they or their loved ones contributed to the Marvel universe. And they are right. Um, Let's just real quick. If they win, let's say they all win. Yes. Should they they win? win, Guess what happens? They they license them right back to Marvel. Right. Just how it works. They're not going to be like, all right, now we've got Spider-Man. We can finally take him and, and make him that 3M mascot for scotch tape that we've always wanted. And that's where Spidey lives now. (laughs) It's like, uh, uh, yeah, Uh, unless, unless uh, let's say Steve Ditko, Steve Ditko's family, let's say they've got such a hatred for Marvel, which doesn't seem like it would be true because that dude kept working for Marvel well into the 90s. But let's just say that creator, the family of creator X has such a hatred for Marvel that they would be like, I'm taking their greatest asset to DC Comics. There is no check big enough. Right. That DC could write, that Warner Brothers could write, that Disney will not double or more. I want to touch on that because there were so many wonderful conspiracy theories like this week by a lot of new lawyers out there. A lot of lawyers on Twitter had some theories where this was going. (laughs) Some were like, yes, finally, it's happening. They're going to take Spider-Man and Doctor Strange and the families are going to take them back and put them where they're supposed to be in the Snyderverse. Yeah, oh, boy, <laughs> that and like this was all of secret ploy by Marvel. Marvel's like encouraging the families to sue them so they can be like, OK, I guess we lost. You have Spider-Man. And then they could be like, fuck you, Sony. We got Spider-Man back. Yeah, backhanded. Sure. And, that, and that's just it's like you guys don't understand that like film rights are different than copyright of a character. Like, right. Like, just because uh, Sony has the film rights to Spider-Man doesn't mean that Disney doesn't own Spider-Man. Right. This is like a legal case where they put Spider-Man under one cup and then they put two other cups around <laughs> him and they move the cups yeah. around. And if sure, Sony right. picks wrong, up oh, you lost Spider-Man. In a Follow the ball. Follow the ball. Court. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, it's just very silly. Uh, yeah. I mean, not the, the look. These people across the board. Anybody that created anything that has made a billion dollars for any company, those people and their families deserve to be cared for for life. Definitely. And that is not a, that's like not in question. Anybody arguing against that is uh, is a monster. And this isn't uh, nobody is in danger of losing their Spider-Man comics or their Spider-Man movies. It's just do the right thing. It just goes back to doing the right thing. Like yeah. Disney very famously aggressively pursued permanent ownership of Winnie the Pooh years ago before the existence of the Disney Corporation. Yeah, this story is amazing too. Against <laughs> the against the family of the Winnie the of Winnie the Pooh creator AA A. Milne. But you know how they got Winnie the Pooh? So the original Winnie Hyphens the Pooh in the name. Yes, was Winnie space the space Pooh. And Disney yeah. was like, oh, that's not ours. Ours is Winnie hyphen the hyphen Pooh. It's right. totally different. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. And it. it's just. <sighs> it's evil. <laughs> it's e- no, it's. E- yeah, it is evil. It's, it is evil. That's insane, man. <laughs> right. 
Disney do the right thing? Why do these people have to go to court? The moral of the story is there's nothing to worry about here and Disney should do the right thing. That's the moral. Yes. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about what's going to happen with Spider-Man four or, uh, or the X-Men coming to the MCU. Who gives a shit? I'd rather Spider-Man go away forever than, than, than these families not get what's coming to them. Mm, Yeah. No. (laughs) Sorry. You can say that anyway. I I am. I, in fact, I did say it. Let's get to our damn question of the week. Joe Patrick, reset this thing. All right. Uh, just real quick before the question of the week, expect spoilers ahoy for Titans, Stargirl, and What If episode seven was this week. It was funny. It was lighthearted. It was, it was neat. great. It was, it was great. Because the rest of them were. They've been bleak. <laughs> yeah. uh, the question of the week comes from us. Now that we've had a decade to process the new 52 reboot, which titles were your favorites and which ones totally missed the mark? And do you think that the new 52 was a good move for DC in the long run, separating your feelings about the individual pieces of right. work from the financial and uh, long-term decision to relaunch the universe. Do you think it was a good move? Absolutely. Frank Cirillo, I am asking you to mute you. Good morning, sir. How are we today? Good morning. Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm fighting a little bit of a cold. Uh, that timing. Yeah, and I took some Claritin, so I'm feeling really weird. Fair uh, enough. Yeah, if Claren does weird things to me. Anyway, okay. um, <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, this this story popped up yesterday and about about Marvel, um, and I was like, wow, that's uh, that's interesting. And you know, maybe think about what what went on with Siegel and Schuster and what went on with um, uh, Bill Finger. You know, um, yes, yes. Bill and Finger. and I I one hundred percent support the creators and their families because I'm I'm you know I'm I'm a creator. I'm an artist and and. I always think that, you know, the, the little guy needs to take, be taken care of. Um, and I think that it's, it, it would be a good move on, on Disney's part, just to, just to pay these people out, give, give these people some money, give yes. these people like, you know, make them comfortable and recognize right. them. So, you know, it's, it's always, it, I'm always going to side with the creators on this one. Um, 100%. And another thing know. to keep in mind is like, there's a lot of people online that are going, well, that's why I only read DC comics because DC takes care <laughs> of people. And I've been saying this about Marvel figure, like bad news. You okay? know, it's the it one that started all of this. Yeah, with if, Superman. Neil, <laughs> listen, if Neil Adams didn't go into the DC office and threaten to break somebody's hands. Right. Um, and, and Neil Adams is actually the guy behind Siegel and Schuster getting taken care of. Yep. Yes. And if he didn't go in there, none of this would have happened. That's a you know, true he, story, by the way. He, he went it's in, a great story. Threatened you know? hurt people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Neil Adams, you know, he's, he's a you fuck around and find out kind of a guy. Yeah, man. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a look, he's a big, tough, scary looking dude. Like, I wouldn't want to get into it with Neil Adams. You know, look, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to fuck with Frank Frazetta either. If when he was in his prime, that dude, oh, yeah. that dude was a hard, you know, he was a hardened dude. He grew up in Brooklyn. You know, rode a motorcycle without a helmet. You know, he's and and he was afraid people would make fun of him because he was an artist. You know, yeah. like, but but yeah, like I'm always gonna side with the artist. Um, on the on the list of creators yeah. though, that I do think I could take in a fist fight, even in their prime, Frank Miller. That guy <laughs> oh, talks. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. That guy is all talk, and it, that's why his books are so gritty and hard boiled, is right. because he's got he's right. compensating for something. Yeah, the skinny drunk shithead for years and years and years. I can take that guy. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I was I'm gonna say I wasn't I'm not a fan of the of the 52 I'm not a fan of the new 52 I didn't like the direction they took everything in you know it's just me um actually stopped that kind of what stopped me from reading comics at at that point because I was like this is too much you know I'm, a lot I'm, of people and I think that's yeah why. 
once they, they really changed. got about a year and a half into it, they went, all right, we're losing our ass here. Right. Um, right. Course correct. What do you say? Also just watched uh, that. I, I got to say that Thor episode of what if was just, <laughs> was just so silly. It was great. And bonkers. I loved it. I love the fact that Thor hit Captain Marvel so hard. She flew into the next country. Yeah. And I loved that it, uh, the countries had big, uh, titles over them like, right, like an right. cartoon or something it was it was great I, I i loved it it was so silly i think it's exactly what we needed because shit's gonna happen next two episodes i think the next two episodes are gonna be hard and gritty and i think that's where you're gonna see everything that they've been kind of leading up to come to a head so yeah i agree yeah. there and yeah, like not I think it was last week. Uh, there was something I want to say on this on the uh, Onion AV group, who is like fantastic TV editorial stuff, and they were like, "Yeah, look, Marvel What If is a lot of fun, but does it have to be this dark? Like, Jesus Christ!" Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. And I was and I was like, "Oh, shut up, you guys!" But then I started thinking about it and like. Yeah, like four in a row, really, you know, right. downers. <laughs> right. I, I I think they needed that Thor episode. I um. You know, overall, I thought it was I, I it, it was such a fun episode to watch, and and the fact that they're that that you know you got Chris Hemsworth coming in, I oh, oh I got to mention I got to mention Giant Loki. Giant Loki was a riot. I loved Loki. A, 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 I mean, so funny. Like on the phone, the little tiny he's like holding the cell phone right, and he's like right. talking into it. I'm like, oh my god, this is great. But it's also like, oh yeah, Loki grew up with frost giants, so yeah, he's a giant. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like that's all. It, like that's all it took, right? Was like, him being him, in the right environment? Environment. Frost giant chicken soup instead of regular chicken soup, so they got really big, you know, as a kid or something. Right. It was. It, it just. I. I loved it. I loved it. It was. Yeah, it it's just, a great it nature nurture thing that they had. Yeah, definitely. Um, have not watched Titans yet. I've not seen why the last man started watching Doom Patrol. Uh, looks good so far. Um, otherwise, brought up why the last man, and let me tell you, Frank. Okay. I don't know if you have connection to the book or not. I very much enjoyed the book. The show, mm. I think, is incredible. Okay, I, I do want to watch it. Absolutely incredible. I love it. Okay, love what I, watch, I, I never read it. It's one of those books that kind of just escaped me, and I keep I keep hearing about how good it was, um, and I've never gone. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to do you know like a trade of it or something and read it read it. But the show, I'm interested in the show. I'm interested in the concept. I know what the concept is, but I just don't know. It's just slightly updated. You know, yeah. where I mean, why last man came out quite a while ago. So there were right. no people didn't have cell phones and shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's slightly updated and like in true TV fashion, they've sort of uh, brought some stuff in earlier into the story than it would have in the comics and whatnot. But they, you know, the comics have way more time to breathe. It's excellent. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Frank, good to talk yeah. to you, man. Good talking to you, man. Have a good one. We'll talk soon. All right. Take care. See you, Frank. Uh, Harvey Locust showed up, showered dressed ready to work on time Harv, how are you sir good good how are you guys doing i good, love when you start you panic and it sounds like oh i gotta take this microphone out of my mouth yeah it is I, well, <laughs> actually i gotta put it in my mouth is what it is i'm wearing a head headset thing you know and it's like just regular headphones so i gotta grab the microphone and make sure it's next to my mouth what are we rapping about today <laughs> um let's see i got answer to the question of the week let's do it New 52. Let's do it. New 52. The Batman, I believe, was probably the only good thing. Right? Fair enough. Yeah. Court of Owls was awesome. I think there's a strong argument that, like, if there's anything that 
stayed stuck. It probably was that stuff, but that stuff had already kind of started before, you know, and they led into it and then it stuck around when everything else was gone. So it's like Batman and Green Lantern stuff that was set up by Morrison and John's was like, yeah, that's still happening. Don't worry. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. I mean, they pretty much uh, new number ones, new creative teams. Yeah. But they did pretty much kind of skate along without making any major. It's not like Superman where it's like new costume news right. background new status quo you know it, but um well, we did get I, a new I, line of books that was one thing that because yeah. i had really just got into well i was just kind of dipping my toes into dc at the time so i was getting like power girls Atana, i had a book out um a couple other things and those books went away right I don't and even so Atana book I like it. Yeah, yeah, it was Paul like, Dini wrote it. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, it, it, so it didn't get very far, and then that was gone, you know, and they took that away from me, and I'm like, okay, well, let me try a few of these new 52 things that are coming out. So I went with Batman. Um, I went with uh, Voodoo, which <laughs> sucked. I did. I did. You know what? <laughs> Let's give Voodoo a break, okay, because the first few issues, I was like, this is, they're actually setting something up here. It went to a really bad dumb place but i also think wasn't that uh that was ron mars wasn't it yeah i think they came to ron and they were like hey ron uh yeah this is already canceled so just tie it up (laughs) and he's like ah damn it okay fine (laughs) (laughs) um i did earth 2 joe you liked earth 2 earth 2 was good um i mean that was a later edition that was part of a, a a second wave of titles that was um james robinson and nicola scott that's right uh kind of reintroducing the idea of the JSA characters, but they were all young and sexy because they were on Earth too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that I think that might have spun out of the uh um what was it, it there was there was a book with uh, uh Supergirl and and World's uh, Finest. It was yeah, Power, uh, Power Girl and uh Huntress. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I got into that a little bit and then um it was something. Oh, the Dark Avengers, or not Avengers? Yeah, Dark Avengers. Justice I mean, League Dark. Avengers. Yeah, Justice League Dark. Dark. Yeah. <laughs> Justice League Dark. Yeah, that was something else they sort of started and kind of ended up sticking. Like, yeah, it's. It uh, I don't think Justice League. There was no Justice League Dark title prior to the New Fifty Two. No, that's what I'm saying. No. They started New Fifty Two, and it ended up kind of sticking when New Fifty Two went away. Oh yeah, I mean, because it was popular. I mean, it's still yeah. pretty popular. So Scott Snyder's Batman, you're saying, is like the one thing that you thought was really great. What about yeah. the end? Like, as we got into, say, I don't know, Commissioner Gordon as Batman wearing a rabbit suit. How'd you feel about that? <laughs> I didn't get that far into it, to be honest. Okay, good. I got about maybe two years into it before I gave up on that one. It got wet. Sure. The annual, the first annual, where, okay, we all know the story of Mr. Freeze from the from the cartoon. Oh, right. right? Yeah, that was yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. heart wrenching, and you kind of felt for Mr. Freeze, you know, because he lost his love and da 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 da, right? Well, this took a deeper look into that story, and it looked at to how early when he was younger, his mom fell into some ice, yeah, and that she got like brain damage from it, and that's what drove him into the cryogenetic thing, and he I ended up you. just he ended up killing his mom and that girl that he was in love with that he, everybody that he says was his wife was not his wife at all. Right. It just yeah. happened to be the first woman who ever went 
got cryogenically frozen. Yeah, and he was right. infatuated with her. That there yeah. were things Snyder did like really cool character things that he did. Uh, that was the also the first. Uh, that was the first major DC story where James Tinian the Fork uh, contributed. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that wasn't Capullo. That that was, yeah. You know what? Next week we're on our regular show. We're doing Cosmic Longbox where we talk about old comics, and our theme is trapped in a suit. And one of the ones I picked was Mr. Freeze. Maybe I will do that book. That could be it's got to be about Mr. Freeze being trapped in the suit. If it's not about being... No. We have rules here. You can't just pick any appearance. <laughs> no, you can't just pick any old appearance. It's got to be something about Mr. Freeze being trapped in the suit. This is how he got to where he is, his origin, and why he's in the mm. suit and stuff. I mean, come on. Mm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm talking about two panels of that one time where they mentioned he put the suit on because of whatever. <laughs> you know? Come on. Yeah, that's usually what it is, isn't it? Right. I mean, this, this, there's this, this, there's comics out really there's comics out there that are all that about Mr. Freeze trying to get out of that thing. Fair enough. Yeah. Harv, always good to talk to you, man. Thank you for talking right, guys. with us. You have a good one, okay? Yeah, buddy. Good talking right. to you. Later. We'll see you. Uh, in the chat, we were talking about other people that loved New 52. We've got Animal Man, Swamp Thing, Green Lantern, Flash. All were pretty good. I totally agree. Uh, I'm being told Voodoo was not good. Maybe I, maybe I wanted it to be good. <laughs> I well, I you know who has a different opinion about Voodoo? <laughs> I haven't revisited Mr. It. Brian Domingos. Mr. Brian Domingos absolutely does. I'm asking to unmute him. Justly Dark did start. Oh, fantastic. I remember liking that. Brian, how are you? Oh, good. What's going on, guys? Kicking it. Talking New 52. How are you doing? Oh, the, God, the New 52. It's um, the, the broader question of what, you know, was it worth it or any of that? I, I, I feel as though they thought they didn't have a choice. They had to do something to yes. shake it up. So a lot um, of the creators that have come out after the fact where they keep saying there was no plan, there was no plan. The one thing that they were saying is like, they were just terrified there. This was born out of sheer terror because like edicts and mandates came down where like, we have the greatest characters in the world. How come we're not controlling, you know, more of the marketplace? Why is yeah. Marvel always beat us? Let's just do something new. Do it new. What it, What do you want us to do? New. That's what we want. New it. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's, what does new it mean? Like, if, if they had just relaunched Justice League with Jim Lee and Jeff Johns, like, I don't know that that would have made a difference. You right. know, so they had, so they did this line-wide thing. And I was looking at, um, you know, the list of all the books on Wikipedia a little while ago. And um, there really is a huge range of content. And, you know, like Demon Knights yeah. was like a big book and, yep. um, you know, like a, like a medieval um, sword and sorcery justice league, which is kind of similar to that Tom Taylor book coming out soon. Um, so, you know, they, they really, and, and it, it wasn't just like, we're going to put, throw things on the wall and see if they stick. It was like, we're throwing every variety of something we can think of. And right. I, I think, I mean, it, there it's, were it's Westerns, a, there were war books. It, yeah. It was, it was Spy horror. Books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it, it's a pretty big, um, it's a, it's a massive, it's like a make or break swing. And um, it was ballsy. I'll give them that. It was absolutely ballsy at the time because it like, here's the funny thing. We all laugh about it and look back at it and just, and go, what in the hell were you even thinking? There's people that I work with that heard the show last week and yes. were laughing about it and stuff. And they're like, you know what? That was, those were some of the first DC comics that I ever read. And I really liked some of them. And they picked out stuff that we 
literally point at and laugh at. Like one of them was like, I don't know. I thought Red Hood and the Outlaws was pretty good. And that just like melted my brain. <laughs> like, yeah. And like it started this guy's love of Jason Todd. And he's like, I just kept reading Jason Todd comics. Now I'm of the mindset that the coolest thing Jason Todd ever did was die and should have stayed that way personally, you know, but that's just me. So, yeah, I mean, it, 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 that's the thing. Like it, it was a huge, you know, it, it was like a door closing in, in a lot of ways and also a doors opening for all these things. And, and I had, I, I bought a new mattress, like, I don't know, six or seven years ago. And the guy, you know, two guys were delivering it into the house. And um, I had like my, you know, artwork on the walls and statues and stuff. And some guy was like, he's like, Oh, you like comics? Like how, how the new 52. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, like, but he was like a stranger, just a <laughs> yeah. delivery man. So <laughs> right. like he, you know, it was like, that's a touchstone for him. Like, all right, like that's Put the mattress down, sit down on the bed and let's talk. <laughs> well, I said, well, actually you're tracking snow all over my house. If you could, uh, take your boots off that'd be nice um it was all the way through the house but um but so i mean as far as the books go it's i think there are there were a lot that that didn't do much for me and i think they took a long time to get their footing um like the suicide squad book is like infamous for um not being great um right and being that like extreme nonsense um but there there are some that were they came out of kind of the whole thing like we got that justice league 3000 book which um it's like uh keith giffen and uh dematteis and howard porter right. doing Completely the justice league it's it's uh, like if you got the dc app it's a lot of fun it's not that much i think it's probably 24 issues because they did like two i think they did three thousand and then three thousand one um but there's was like that, this really in, it's all they're the like where they were trying to like bridge the gap between like dc and the legion sort of like this is the story how they got there or something no it took it would have taken place right around the same well yeah it's it's using that that touchstone point but they it's really just like the um it's a i think it's a cadmus thing where they're just they're gonna clone the justice league yeah and then there's a there's a story where um i think it's guy the the guy gardner was the green lantern and he i think ends up in like a woman's body and so it's like there's like this trans sympathy stuff, um, nice. and it's it's real. It's just this real. Like, it's like Giffen and Demetrius. They are, you know, they're known for being like funny, but they're also so good at character that like you're you're looking at this examination of like it's this guy who is Superman. Like he he looks like Superman. He's Howard Porter Superman, but he has none of the positive attributes of Clark Kent. Right. You know, like he yeah he's so a he, total shithead he's a shithead and he's mean and he, and like wonder woman's like kind of a monster to him. And like, they're just, it's just this weird dynamic all involved them. And like Batman knows he is, you know, he's like the bat God, like that justice league cliche, but like he, he's like insecure. So it's like, it's all this like weird character work. And then they get to a point where they bring in um, like some Cadmus employee opens some box by mistake and blue beetle and booster gold are in there. Right. And they just like come out of like cryogenic freeze, like, yeah. oh shit, we're in the future. <laughs> and so like it's it's completely like it's not in continuity unless you like squint really hard. Right. Um, but right. It, it should but it's one of those things like, oh, would that have worked in any other time period? Like, probably not. They just they were trying to do something new. And it was kind of Howard Porter's return to um art full time. And after yep. he had that hand surgery stuff and he had some some not great stuff before that, but his it's really great. Like he did a really great job. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, he's only gotten better, uh, since that comeback. Um, yeah. I mean, for 
I will say this for the new 52. Uh, for as for as sad as I was to lose uh, decades of DC continuity that I loved, that I was raised on, um, it's not the first time it had happened. Right. Uh, everything yeah. is cyclical. All of the things, all of the things that went away in the first big relaunch, I remember that I was raised on with Crisis came back at some point with the multiverse and everything. Uh, they took a lot of big swings. Yeah. They tried a lot of different things. Some of them were great. Some of them were bad. And uh, it was kind of a, it was kind of a fun looking back. It was kind of a fun, like wild west era for DC where it's like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like this guy, this character I love might get shot dead in the street outside the saloon because uh, anything goes in this uh, right. new, in this new era. And I um, back and I listened to how we talked about it, you know, because like we were around for that crap. So I went back and I was like, were we freaked out? Cause a majority of people on the internet were just like, no, we were actually super kind of optimistic. And I we think like, we freaked see. out. I think we freaked out, but also in like a, an excited way. We right. felt our feelings and then we were like, okay, it's going to be all right. It was full of possibilities. Yes. And that's when we started doing that whole new world thing and singing and, you know, and then we just yeah. felt better. That's <laughs> <You know? laughs> true. So um, uh, j- just a couple, just a, before I go, um, just some books that um, I think are really great and I think hold up and probably some of the best runs they've done. Uh, Wonder Woman by Azarello and uh, Cliff Chang and yeah. uh, Tony Akins is beautiful and the best, best, best interpretation of Diana and the gods they've ever done. And I feel oh. like, like I love the first Wonder Woman movie that they made, but they could have just filmed that comic. Like they are basically like gangsters, you know, like in that they're they're like hipster, nouveau riche, Euro trash gangsters is basically yeah. what the gods are like. And that is so I mean, easily- it was kind of a it, it kind of uh looking back, it's kind of like um a wicked and divine kind of vibe before Very that much. book came oh, yeah. out and became trendy. Very much. Where it's so. like, oh yeah, the, yeah, you know, you know, Hades, right? He's sexy. Right. <laughs> it's like, no, Hades is not sexy. Had they yeah, just they, done something like that in Wonder Woman 1984 and just leaned into that, it would have been so much more fun. Yeah, it would have yeah, been so would've... much more fun. Like, let's like now That's show true. us the roots of like where she comes from. Why? Right. Is... Brian's, oh, yeah, giving Brian's giving his list here. Brian's giving his list here. This is um, a Wonder, Wonder, I, Wonder I, Woman. I I do agree though. I do agree. Uh, they, they did a book called Gotham by Midnight that had Ben Temple Smith doing uh, like the, uh, the graveyard. I forgot all about that. that. <laughs> um, he does. He does the first like twelve issues, and then um, Juan Ferreira does the second half, and that was his <gasps> yeah, first like one of Juan his first Ferreira. big things. It's great. He does this amazing car chase in one issue where it's like just like panel after panel. Um, and there's a mini series that it was a, a Scott Lobdell mini series. It's called Doomed. Um, and it's about a college intern at like Star Labs who gets yes. infected by doomsday particles. Oh, right. Yeah. And it's it's kind of it's kind of terrible, but it it has that like teen. It felt like I was reading it. I think it came out in, um, I don't know what it was, but it was, it was after the, it's not the, the initial wave. It's probably right. around like issue 30 or 40 of, you know, a couple of years in. And it just, it felt like that. I got the same feeling as like ultimate Spider-Man like that. Like here's a new, sure. a new, a new hero oh. for the new period. And like, it's not like the best thing anyone's ever written, but it's just this fun little, like 
six-issue thing he he fights with um wonder girl at one point like there's just all this like it just feels like this really cool corner of the universe that you don't see that often um right. and it's kind of a fun and it's six issues so you could read it pretty quick um, um and uh, sorry i was i was gonna say like right around that time i i don't know if it's the exact same time um, but right around that era, a few years in DC, like, as Matt said, they were like, uh, people aren't really digging the new 52 as much as we were hoping they would anymore. And so they did this DCU, DCYOU. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, we got, um, and that's where we got stuff like, um, we got it. We got that Bizarro series, which was cute and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we got, uh, uh, Omega Men came out of that. Black Canary, uh, the Midnighter title came out of that. Um, Prez came out of that. Prez was and and so like for all that you like, so yeah, Doomed. It might not be great, but at least it's different. You know, it's different and fun. And that was something I remember about the New Fifty Two is that they're like, you know what? Fuck it, we're gonna do a war book about the grandson of Sergeant Rock. It might be great, it might be terrible, yeah. But like, what's it like being a soldier in a world where there are superpowers? And you know that book didn't last. But that they then they would war or was that what it was? It was Men at War or at it war. was like a, or Our Men at War or something like that or yeah. yeah. And um, but you know they went on and they tried something else that was yeah. If nothing di- else, that was different, ballsy. I'll say that. Extremely ballsy, doomed. Uh, I can't. What a deep that's cut. The best thing I can. It, in the, I I almost hate that it's tied to the new fifty two because it would work today. You know, like sure. if if you strip totally. out like the costumes that they had at that time, like it would it would work now. Um, and so it was fun. And one last thing, I am reading the um, I've been reading all this new fifty two stuff recently, just coincidentally. Um, the Swamp Thing omnibus of all of the, it's got the entire run with the Scott Snyder and the Charles soul yeah. um, stuff and the Charles soul stuff is so much better than the it is. Scott Snyder stuff. <laughs> That's what the I was Scott's, saying. It's so Scott, much better. It's, it's, it's like miles and above and it makes, it's got like that, like Scott Snyder fog where it's yeah. like, Oh, this is really good. And it's like, no, it's not like they, they get into this. I think I ended up skipping about 12 of the issues because it's all of that rock crossover that they did with yeah. animal man because like animal yeah. man was a hit and so they were like cram it in here yeah cram it in Bob here and they, it, mm-hmm. it was scott, it went on scott for snyder re- getting in his own way which he often does we've seen him yeah. do it plenty of times yeah and he, this was the first time that i think we really saw scott snyder go full scott snyder and we all went Ugh. it was his like third book you know like he did <laughs> yeah he did sure. detective comics before the new 52 and then he did batman and swamp thing and half right. Six issues into his Swamp Thing run, he's like tripping over himself. So, um, it's you know, like just <laughs> yeah. something to think about. But so. the um, the Charles Soul stuff is so amazingly great, and um, it and it fooled me into thinking that Charles Soul can write anything, and I know that that's not true. It's but, true. Um, it, yeah. did, it, did, uh, it is it is very not true. But it did uh, trick me into it, and it is um, Alec Holland, um, and it's fun. Um, I do like the new ram v swamp thing with a different swamp thing because why not have a different guy there for a little bit um, right right but that's excellent. what i got guys excellent right. brian. well thank good you brian as always buddy you have a good one patrick go get in here look at this guy. uh go. real as we, as we welcome patrick in other dcu you books uh doomed was one of them uh justice league 3001 was one of them there was a starfire book i remember being kind of fun 
There was Robin, Son of Batman, written and drawn by Patrick Gleason. Yep. Uh, we are Robin. I remember oh, we kind of liked that. Yeah, they started uh, off fun. It started off. But fun. that's also where we got. Uh, this was it was post convergence, right. which is where they brought. They were like they teased us with pre Flashpoint continuity, and everybody wanted it. Yeah. And so that's where we got Superman and Lois. Uh, Clark and Lois from the pre-Flashpoint DCU in the New 52. And that's what led, I would argue, is what ultimately led to where we are now with with the rebirth and everything. Patrick, Patrick. how are you today, sir? Hello. Hi. How are we doing, by the way? Oh, Pretty good. You know, you're talking New 52, so I felt like I had to call in. Let's do Um, it. I had to come in. So um, it was funny because I, um, when New 52 came out, I was actually working out of town. Um, so I, everything that I'd pre-ordered, I wasn't able to get. So, because I wanted to save it and pick it up when I returned. Oh, no. So I went to the local comic shop in the place I was staying or living at the time. And so I bought a bunch, a bunch of random stuff that I never would have thought about picking up had I not just wanted comics and wanted sure. to like read new 52 stuff. Sure. So like voodoo was one of them, which like was terrible. Like it was terrible. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying um, it was wrong. I just, in my head, I was like, did that start good? I felt like it was good. No, it apparently. I mean, I, I was never a Wildstorm person. So like I knew nothing about the character. I just like, it was number one. It came out that week. Yeah. I picked it up and I was like, what am I reading? <laughs> like, what I do remember this? they were just like, hey, you know that cool Wildstorm stuff? Yeah, it's happening in the DC universe now. Yeah, right. right? Anyway, um, <laughs> glad we're all uh, over that. Here we go. <laughs> uh, Frankenstein, I really liked for a while, the Agents of Shade book. Frankenstein, yeah. I oh, really like that one. Frankenstein um, Shade. But I think I think my two favorites, um, I really I I think this is maybe unpopular, but I like Demon Knights a lot. Um I did too. Ooh, I and not. then <laughs> Demon Knights is better than you remember. Yes. Is it? Yeah. It, I really liked it. And I really, I also, and this one was later, but I think my favorite of the whole movie too was Gotham Academy. I think that Gotham was Gotham Academy my, is great. Yeah. Gotham Academy and, was excellent. Yeah. And the, those two, because I really like, I really like stuff that's like adjacent, you know, like Gotham Central, like those kind of books that are like sure, not quite right, dealing right. with the main stuff, but like the still world living. of DC, but exactly. not DC right, heroes. Right. Yeah. Um, so, the, so and both of those, because, you know, Demon Knights, there were some allusions to it being Stormwatch, maybe some, JL, you know, Justice League stuff. And what, and I think if the, the book had gone far, gone further, because it was canceled like 23, 24 issues, I think it didn't last super long. But I think that if it was, if it had gone on, I think they would have found ways to tie it into what was happening in, in the kind of main timeline or the, the present timeline for them. And that was really interesting to me. And that was like the big thing where all these things fell down. It was like they were all trying so much stuff so fast. And then they were like, okay, we'll bring back some elements of the old timeline because people are getting scared. And we'll try and tie it in. Yeah, it doesn't really work, does it? Okay, we'll just ignore that. And then they're like, all right, yeah, fuck, throw it yeah. all away. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, it got to be kind of hard when they, uh, post-convergence especially, where yeah. they started to massage back in elements. Or like, I, like, I'll give them credit for at least saying it's like, okay, the characters you love, they didn't get erased, right? They're out there. You know, right. they got converged to whatever you want to call it. Uh, <laughs> the Superman and Lois that are married, they're out there. They have a kid. They've been That's trapped in this bird. bubble metropolis. And um, when they brought them in, when they folded them back into the DC universe, at least they said, like, these are different characters. These are not replacement characters. The New 52 Superman is still Superman. Yeah. He's where he's out there. I think right around that time is when he was... Um, 
he may have been like back in the t-shirt, like fighting cops or something, trying to protect some neighborhood in the suicide slum. It was that when Aaron Cooter was drawing it, yeah. uh, was drawing action comics. Um, but uh, yeah. And as much as I appreciate their effort to separate that stuff, I think the, the demand was too high. And so we got Superman reborn, which kind of massaged all those Supermans together. Yeah. And made it as though the pre-Flashpoint Superman had always been in the New 52. <laughs> Whoops. Which also <laughs> does not work at all. Like he hit his head. Uh, you know, you're right. Um, <laughs> and and then they were like, you know, like you said, fuck it. They had to throw up their hands and go full yeah. DC rebirth. Yeah. And and just say, okay, you know what? Things are back. And and now it's back to the Wild West again, where DC has decided that all continuity matters no matter what. Right. And so you've got characters that they remember being part of the JSA. They also remember being dead. They also <laughs> remember not being part of that this earth at all. They also remember yeah. killing lots of people. Right. I mean, and it's just evil. like, <laughs> all right. I mean, sure. It's a wild time, man. So, Patrick, let me ask you, one of the things everybody that's come on has talked about stuff that they remember was actually good. Grand scheme of things. Do you think that the New 52 was a worthy exercise for DC. Do you think it was worth it? I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't, I think no. I mean, it, other people have said this, and I think you guys have said this on the show before, but it feels like it was, it was a half hearted attempt to reboot, right? It was like it wasn't a full reboot. Um, and I think if they, you know, they were f- afraid because some stuff was working or they felt some stuff was working, Batman, Green Lantern, you know, they felt that that mm-hmm. was okay. So they didn't want to reboot that, but then other stuff wasn't in as good a place. So they yeah. did that, but then they were just, they were, they were left in a position where they had to, you know, every, you know, 36 months or three years, they kept trying to soft reboot again, right? Like the DCU and then the convergence and then rebirth, right? It just kept happening. They just had to keep patching the holes that they yeah. built right, in the original right. structure, yeah. right? So from like a, from a storytelling perspective, it's just like, and with the, with the Robins, right? Like how many Robins were, I think you guys might've said this on the, on the main show this week on the review show, like how many Robins were there? And in five years, there were six Robins and one of them died. And yeah, like, you know, literally like just, one a year, <laughs> one a year. It's one thing if like, I get, remember when Jason Todd died, Batman was fucked up. He was upset. He was like, this was a mistake. No more Robin. I, I can't yeah, believe it. Yeah, but like I, things always seem like they were farther apart when you were a kid. Do you know how quickly <laughs> Tim I, Drake I, was introduced? Yeah. It was maybe a year, maybe a year and a half before Tim Drake was Robin. That's still longer than five Batmans yeah. in five years. <laughs> or that's, five no, it's true. Five. You're right. You're right. It's that's, no. that's absolutely true. Because um, this makes it sound like, oh, Jason Todd died. We better put an ad in the reader and see if anybody, you know, like the reader looking for a Robin, you know, like get on Reddit or Craigslist or whatever and see if anybody wants sure. to be Robin. You know? <laughs> well, since I'm going to go ahead and give my answer to this part of the question, since Patrick's here and he he's uh, broached it I for as much as I think I, I agree that the new 52 was a half-assed attempt uh, at, at a reboot. They, they should have gone whole hog or they should have not rebooted the continuity at all and just relaunch. Like you can still relaunch every title without throwing all of your, without throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, oh, inject also, your... It, vice versa. If you are going to relaunch every title and it is the reboot you're telling it is, it is, then it has to be a reboot. A reboot. One or the other. They went for both. That's the problem. 
Yes. They tried to have their cake and eat it too. They tried to appease too many masters. Uh, they tried to make guys like me happy, uh, they, and they didn't go far enough, and they tried to make new readers happy, and new readers just ended up being confused because yeah. they didn't know what mattered and what didn't. And uh, so, yes, I, I agree. That was kind of a half, half-assed attempt. Uh, it did inject a lot. Uh, it did bring a lot of people in to read DC Comics. So from a from a stand, a business standpoint, I think the new 52 worked for them and yeah, whether or not, I mean, obviously creatively, maybe not so much, but to get to where we are now, I don't know if it could have happened without the new 52. So let's put a pin in that. So you and I can discuss our answers more. Patrick, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, man. Hold on. I've a couple more things really quickly. Sorry. Yeah. No, um, yeah, no. Yeah. Please. It, it, whenever yeah. we steamroll the conversation, yeah. you feel free to take extra time. Cut us off. Um, and I'm, I'm, this is, uh, I want to talk about CW shows just for really briefly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah. So I'm in the middle of the flash season seven. It's bad. Right. Like I'm on bad. episode four or five. Like, does it bad. get better? Cause like it's bad. Is it's, season seven the current season or was that last season? It, it's the current. It's the current one. So it's the one. It started with the Mirror Master stuff, and like I gave them a bit of a pass because they had to. Oh, like, they were shut down during, they during had COVID. End, they had to end the Mirror Master thing yeah. from the previous season because they got shut down early. Yeah, so I gave um, them a pass for that. But then, then yeah. going forward, like I'm on episode four or five, like and it's bad. Does it get better or should no, I just like no? <laughs> they don't. They okay. So I'm gonna take it back to season five. Because I think season five is where Flash hit a point where I started to feel like, do I need to watch this anymore? Because it just sort of lost track of what was so great about the show. All of a sudden, everybody had powers. Everybody was like focused as a main character. Not And God bless these actors and actresses. Not all of them were up to the job. And the writing just got kind of ridiculous. And season six got worse. Season seven, I just don't think they know what they're doing anymore. And it's time to stop. It's just time to stop. I mean, I will, I will say this. I, I will never not watch these shows. I'm, I'm physically incapable of, of, <laughs> of not watching them. I might uh, be in the same way. I might be the same thing. Yeah, especially, <laughs> especially with the Flash. Like, I, like you can't make a, you can't make a story, a, a TV show about the Flash, and not have me watch it. Um, like, I, I, I lost my, like, they gave it to me briefly like a bright shining supernova in 1990 and it went away too fast and now yeah. it's back and i'm like i have to support the flash um is it good no it's not good okay. um is did this season get any better not really um <laughs> now they they are doing a lot of like you know they're doing a lot of uh stuff from the newer comics like the multiple um the multiple forces, right? Like the yeah. force and the strength force or whatever. The fear force. Um, I think that was the one I just saw. Yeah. There's one that's like, yeah, I don't know. It's like the, the, the anxiety force. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> the um, conservation force. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it like they're, they're definitely drawing from the source material, but not in a way I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it's, I love it. I love them. I love what they did. Uh, like, I love how the flash, like, I know it all started with arrow and arrow is not everybody's favorite show. I hate it, but credit to, yeah, we know that. Hate it. But I know. 
Never seen it. Never seen it. Don't need it's, to. Don't do it. You it don't gets, need it gets, to do it. Once, once, the, once the people that made Arrow realized that people were on board for the comic book nonsense, it leans way heavier into it, and it gets much better. It was too late. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, 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 I appreciate what Arrow and The Flash did for establishing the larger world of the DC shows, the CW shows. Legends of Tomorrow is wonderful. Um Supergirl is great most of the time. Stargirl is great. Stargirl has been very good this season. Um, but yeah, I think it's time. Like eight seasons, like we already know Flash is back for an eighth season. I think it's the end. Yeah. And it's time. It's time for it to go. They're all feeling it in the chat too. Mark Stern, Kwame, Damon Chan. They're all like just sort of going like, yeah, you know. It's yeah, the later, yeah, later seasons of Arrow are better, correct? We all dated the Flash. We had a good time when we did, but that doesn't mean we have to marry the Flash and stay in a joyless relationship forever. Yeah, important. not every not every show is marriage material. Yeah, the Flash uh, can go its way. You can go your way. We can both be better people for it. That's good. That's good to know because I have a lot. Because Star Star Girl just came on Amazon in Canada, so oh, yeah. um, uh, we we had access to it. It's, everything's very. Piecemeal up here, like some things are on Disney Plus, some things end up on like Flat Flash is Netflix only. Like we got to float all those episodes across the boat, right? They, yeah, got, right. They got to go great lake, order, and we um, give it a push, and we hope the barge gets. Yeah, there's so, you certainly <laughs> can't get to Canada by car. That's for no, sure. No, <laughs> um, there's a big lake so, in the way. So know? my last thing, then my last thing, then this is, and I'll, I'll I'll hang up and listen after this. But I'm just curious about uh, Joe Sauce and the Superman and Lois finale. I love that season. I thought I love that was show. Great. I I love that show. I think it's so good. Matt and I have gone rounds uh, over that show because he personally, and, and Matt, you can chime in and, and defend yourself, but I, I, uh, stopped. I just, stopped. no, I know. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to say anything you haven't already said for Matt. He wasn't into the whole family side of things. Uh, the, the whole like Superman with teen kids and the teen drama. Um, and I get that. Um, but I think that that show is exceptional. I think that everyone involved does such an amazing job. Uh, even the supporting cast, I think the kids are great. I think the uh, I think Lana and her like I spent that whole season hating Lana's husband only for Lana's husband to be like one of my favorite characters by the end. I was like, yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah, they, yeah, like, I thought they I, set, like, set up really well. When they, they started re- when they started redeeming him, I'm like, you do not get to be a good dad. You do not get to start being a good dad because I want to hate you so much. <laughs> um, and then he starts being a good dad. I'm like, okay, you win, Kyle. Yeah, I'm I got I'm in your corner, Kyle. Um they've done some weird stuff with Superman continuity that I'm absolutely in for. And without spoiling what uh to me was a huge reveal about halfway through the season. Uh, well, it might not have even been halfway through the season, but uh, you'll uh, Patrick knows what I'm talking about. There was a character uh, in armor in the first episode that fights Superman. When you find out what that his what that character's whole deal is, um, I squealed with delight. Oh yeah, that's where I got all in. That's where I was all yeah, in with that. And yeah, right. And, like, and like, and now that that character, and now that that character is a permanent fixture in the CW, I'm like, I am 100 on board for that show. I was in already, and now I'm double in. I will give it a no- okay. So I'll watch some more. I'll give it. It's a short one. season. Like it's a short season. Like I and I understand. Like okay, you don't like the teen stuff. The teen stuff is only part of it, and um, it's so well done. It's so well done. Fair enough. Patrick, good to talk to you, man. You have a Thanks, good friends. One. Thank you, Patrick. So, yeah, let's get into our answers. You talked about it a bit uh, with Patrick, but ultimately, no, I don't think that the new 52 is a good idea. I don't. 
I think it has set up the last 10 years of just like you and Patrick both said of patching holes in the dike that is leaking water, you know, instead of fixing it, instead of correcting it or building it better, we just keep spackling over the cracks and the holes and painting it new instead of actually doing anything new. And DC has done reboot, redo, preboot, rebirth, you know, pop-up imprints. They've been throwing shit against the wall to see what sticks for going on 10 years now. I'm not saying that Marvel isn't guilty of some of that too. They absolutely are, but Marvel has not just completely restarted everything, pulled back their rug. They've introduced things. They've changed things here and there, but it seems like DC... There's no plan. There's still not a plan. No, I know. And, and so this is what I'm talking about when I say separate my feelings about the actual New 52 as a, as a creative exercise and the long-term ramifications of what they did. Um, while I agree with everything you just said about how they were just throwing shit to the wall and see what sticks, um, the new 52 showed DC that they could take huge creative swings and people would care. And in, for that reason, I think that it was worthwhile. I, I, I like, I, don't get me wrong. I'm glad that we've kind of gone back to a pre new 52 status quo. Yeah. If you can even call Infinite Frontier a status quo at all, yeah, um, it's an anti-status quo. Is what it is. Right, it, right. It's a yeah. I don't, I don't know, know what else to call it. All right, um, but I I think that it, was the new Fifty Two good. Um, creatively, it was a mixed bag. I'm not going to call it bad because I did like some of the books. We all like some of the books. We talked and we spent an hour talking about sure. it. Sure. Um, in the long run, was the new 52 a good move for DC as a publisher? I think yes, because they, they saw that they could do stuff like put out war books and put out Westerns and put out weird stuff That's like fair. doomed okay. or OMAC or Prez. Uh, and, and then, and so once like, and that people would pay attention, not everything would work. Yeah. Not everything would sell. Prez got cut short. It's a shame. Um, but also it, it enabled them to do stuff like we're going to do Looney Tunes crossover ep, uh, comics. Hold on. Scott Snyder's going to, or Tom King's going to write this one. Right. It's going to be a noir. It's going to be a super serious noir story about Batman meeting Porky Pig. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get Mark uh, Russell's Flintstones. We're going to get Mark Russell's Snaggletooth, you know, and like, these are things I don't think would have happened at a pre new 52 DC. And I hadn't thought of it. I, like I don't that. like, I, I think DC you're right. prior to flashpoint was stagnant. Yes. I think you're absolutely we were, right. We were cutting off people's arms. We were killing their kids. Like we talked about it. Right. There were books that were good in spite of the lack of a plan and whatever. And I don't right. think you're wrong. But, but I think there's just two ways to look at it. And one is that at Taught DC, they can take chances. Two, they've been taking too many chances for too long now. Well, sure. I mean, and and that's, yeah, I mean, that uh, that's a symptom of a whole different right. problem, I think. But I, I would rather have, I would rather have a comic book publisher that's comfortable doing things like Young Animal or yeah. Wonder Comics yes. or Prez. I don't disagree. Or, or Hanna-Barbera uh, than not. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 
so do I wish that do I wish that it felt like the current DC universe had any sort of like streamlined maybe they do and we just haven't seen it yet Joshua Williamson is driving that boat man yeah and uh, so I, I don't know right now yeah it feels kind of wild westy again but if that means we get projects like Prez or Dial H or you know um whatever then okay I, I don't think it's disagree worth it. I just don't think we're getting those now no you know but I think that the door has been opened I hope so yeah. Miss Branch get Peter Parker on the phone yes Mr. Jameson Let's get to these damn voicemails. We got a bunch. Again, bunch of this voicemails. is Lord Stephen, Master of Coin. It's been a while, hasn't it? Uh, not that I haven't still been listening. You've probably seen me post in the fan page on a fairly re- frequent basis. But I needed some time away, at least when it comes to answering questions. And really, if I'm being honest, it was that internet fame. It was just too much for me. I'd go to a CVS and pick up a prescription. And once the pharmacist would hear my voice, they would say, Oh my God. It's Lord Stephen, master of coin. <laughs> and I just be mobbed with people demanding an autograph or a hug or other things better left unsaid. And it was the middle of a pandemic and I just needed some time away and I couldn't handle all that attention for a while. But anyway, uh, I'm back now and getting to the question of the week. Uh, so September 2011, at that point, I am 18 years old and a freshman in college. Uh, I had stopped reading weekly comics at that point. I was still keeping up with trade paperbacks and and stuff, but I wasn't picking up the weekly single issues like I had when I was a kid. Uh, And starting college had two major impacts. One being that I was feeling very nostalgic about stuff that I had liked as a child and wanted to get back into it. And two, that I was upset because I am a big fucking nerd with the fact that I didn't have enough time to read books for fun. And oh, I've been there. In both cases, were very good. Uh, and but you know, the DC universe rebooted and gave me a very good place to jump into with a bunch of new number ones. Uh, now, did that make the new Fifty Two a good idea? No, it did not. It was very clear that DC had no idea what they were doing or what their plan was. Uh, they rebooted in the middle of ongoing runs on Batman and Green Lantern, so they had to keep a large portion of their continuity while ignoring others, which made it impossible to know what was and was not canon at any given point. And not to mention the fact that they destroyed every character I loved in the Young Justice line of comics, named for one of my favorite comics. And yeah, just even though it got me into comics, it was not, again, it was not the greatest time. So all in all, I would say that New 52 was a bad idea and it was poorly executed, but I can't look past the way it got me back into comics when I needed it. Uh, so that's my answer, and I'll put in the email if you want the Lord Stephen Master of Coin list of approved titles from that original 52 books, and I will hopefully send in another answer soon. So, bye. Stephen, we, we friggin' miss you, but a cautionary yeah, tale. I get it. And he's absolutely right. Like we say, if you call in, you're going to be internet famous. Get ready for that, okay? If you're not ready, I'll tell you what, you better watch out. <laughs> All right. So here's the Lord Stephen Master of Coin, TM, 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 approved list of New 52 books worth reading. Animal Man, Aquaman, Batman and Robin, Batwoman, Demon Knights, Swamp Thing, and I, Vampire. I can't believe I forgot to mention I, Vampire. <laughs> yeah, I, Vampire was That comic good. was great. Yeah, that was fun. I'm putting that on the, on the required reading list. And I know 
You guys, we talk about a lot of comics on here. You can go to our notes, and we have a list called Required Reading with links. Sometimes it's to the DC site, Marvel site, Phantom sites, whatever, so you can learn more about them. But, Stephen, good to talk to you. We're going to keep moving here. we got a bunch of calls. Nate we and do. God, I didn't, re- I didn't realize we had so many, yeah. but we do. Nate and Grant called. Now, this is great because they're plugging their own new 52 podcast. But come on, if you're not hustling, you're not trying. Hey there, guys. My name is Grant Sebring, and this is my first time responding to the answer of the week. I've been listening to the show for about a year now, ever since I ran into Jonathan Sims, and he personally recommended your podcast. And Jonathan Sims! I felt the need to call in for this question in particular because my good friend Nate and I host Comically Confused, a New 52 podcast, where we're attempting to cover the entire New 52 one volume at a time. (laughs) Now, as far as books that really miss the mark... I have to go with OMAC by Keith Giffen and Dan DiDio. It was garbage. This is by far the worst book we've covered so far, yep. and I struggle to find a single good thing to say about it. The artwork just looks like a lazy attempt to recreate Jack Kirby's style. Yep. The reimagining of OMAC is honestly just a Kmart brand version of The Incredible Hulk, only even less interesting. Mm-hmm. And the writing and dialogue are laughably bad from veterans like Dan DiDio and Keith Giffen, who I've come to expect a lot more from. Now, on the flip side of books that I think went incredibly underrated, I know many people are going to call in talking about Batman and Aquaman, but I cannot speak highly enough about the first volume of The Flash. Now, unfortunately, the series itself isn't incredibly consistent in its quality, but the first volume is one of the most beautiful books I've ever seen, and has possibly the most underrated artwork of any comic I've ever read. The panel layouts are incredibly creative and unlike anything I've ever seen before, and they do a great job showing what it's like to both move and think at super speed. The art itself has a really charming, simplistic style that's almost reminiscent of a Brad Bird animated film. And the book itself lays a solid groundwork for a flash run that unfortunately goes immediately downhill in the next volume. While the series (laughs) itself might not be worth your time, the first volume is absolutely worth picking up if you find it in a bargain bin. I'm excited to hear the other answers of the week, so I have a better idea of what's in store for us as we cover the rest of the new 52. And I just wanted to thank you guys for the show. I've been loving it so far and look forward to hearing it every week. Thanks, guys. See ya. Okay, Comically Confused with Nate and Grant. You can find that on Apple Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are. We thought we were the only comic book podcast in the world. Look at this. Huh? Well, we're definitely the only comic book. (laughs) We're we're definitely the only weekly live comic book call-in show. Oh, I just thought we were the Uh, only ones. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, first of all, never, ever apologize for coming onto the show and promoting yourself. That is what we want you to. we, We want you guys to succeed. Uh, so please, yes, absolutely check out uh, Comically Confused. Thank you, Grant. Um, now that was a guy who was prepared. Yeah, Killed to record it. an Sounded MP3. Good. I'm I'm gonna go check out his podcast. I do. You do not have an enviable task in front of you. And uh, whoo, I mean, climbing mountains is supposed to be hard, right? Why do we do it? Because they're there. Because because they're there. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> uh, because we want to prove how macho we are. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Grant so, Nader uh, ripping it out every week. <laughs> Uh, his recommendation of the flash yes absolutely that was uh the flash volume one was actually written and drawn by francis manipal yeah um and brian busa buccioletto or busalato gorgeous to look at god it was beautiful um and that book is great at least at first as he said um and uh surprising to see manipal uh as a double threat as a writer and um i remember really enjoying that early those early issues of the flash yeah and they're incredible to look at and like their interpretation of what it meant to actually think 
at super speed is incredible. Yeah, no, it was awesome. And then it went way downhill. But welcome aboard, Nate and Grant. Yeah, welcome uh, aboard, Grant. All right. Uh, real quick, well, while we're uh, before we move on, um, we received a message from Kwame, who was in the chat earlier. He's also a new face. Um, welcome aboard to Kwame. Um, he said Kwame is his legal name. Uh, the first word in, in, in his name, which again, I will not try to pronounce. It means teacher in Swahili, which is rad. Um, and he says he actually met you, Matt, six years ago at Rise Coffee. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, so he's a, he's a local fella. All right. I did not know this. Fair enough. Welcome aboard Kwame. All right. Welcome aboard, buddy. Moving right along. This is an unknown caller, but I mean, guess it's Tony Mathers. Oh, and uh, again, Jonathan Sims, creator of the Floating Bunny Head. He is a Midwest boy, Cedar Rapids. Uh, he's got a new book out. It um, Cedar Rapids um, put out a call for artists to uh, design the new flag for Cedar Rapids. Uh, Cedar Rapids is a town that went through a lot of shit. Um, they got hit. They've been hit by floods. The Dereshko a couple years ago uh, flattened parts of the town. That's not how you say that, by the way. <laughs> the Duresh, the Dereshko, the Dereshko. No, Derecho, just Derecho. <laughs> Whatever. Um, you knew what I meant. Um, so Cedar Rapids has been through a lot. Uh, they are also known for being uh, the place where the Quaker Oats plant is located. So if you drive through town, on uh, most days, it Tell smells like cereal. Tell us about Sims' new book. <laughs> Some days, it's Crunchberry Day, and the town smells like Crunchberries. Um, anyway, Jonathan Sims put out a new book that is like the 26 dumb flags of Cedar Rapids, 26 rejected ideas for nice. Cedar Rapids' new flag. <laughs> and I don't really think that you need to live in Cedar Rapids to appreciate it. It's very funny. Um, check out, uh, uh, float, I think it's floatingbunnyhead.com is his website. Check him out. And thank you, Jonathan, for singing our praises. Yeah, super talented guy. Friend of the show, Grant. Jonathan Sims. Now it's, it's Tony Mathers time. Hey, guys. Tony Mathers, after seeing uh, Shang-Chi, and don't worry, I'm not going to spoil anything, I was thinking about other plot threads that the MCU hasn't really followed up on. I mean, because now they've obviously brought the real Mandarin uh, forward from Iron Man 3. So, uh, and you know how in Endgame they showed what happened to Red Skull. So I was trying to think of any older stuff that they really haven't paid out on. Not like newer things like, you know, Nick Fury being in space and whatnot. And the only one I can think of is the leader, how they set him up in the Edward Norton yeah, movie. Yeah. So I was wondering if you guys can think of any other plot threads or any other setups they have that they really just seem to have abandoned and haven't come back to at all. So, all right. Take care, guys. <sighs> There's plenty. Uh... You know what? Uh, <laughs> hey, Maybe this is a good Ask a Nerd question. I think it's a great Ask a Nerd question because there's too much to get into here. I love it. Because I think that you and I could probably come up with a list of things Most that the MCU, definitely. we would like to see the MCU revisit. I'm making an Ask a Nerd note right now on that one because that is too good. Tony Mathers, this is why we keep that guy in a sex kennel because he does good work here. Let's go on next to, I don't know. Hey guys, this is Dan in Connecticut with my answer to the question of the week. Oh, it's Dan in Connecticut. The New 52 was a big deal for me as it was my way back into monthly comics after a long hiatus. I feel like this is the case for a lot of people, and for that reason, I do view it as a long-term success. Now, as for my favorite series to come out of it, I found myself gravitating towards a lot of the poor-selling titles from the era that did take risks. 
There's Prez, which I will never forgive Dan DiDio for promising would last its full 12 issue run, uh-huh. only to cancel it after six. Lied to us. Gail Simone's The Movement, I found to be a complete gem. Oh, and it was just movement, unfortunately yeah. paired with the dreadful Green Team Teen Trillionaires. I enjoyed yes. Palmiotti and Gray's All Star Western, and I saw that as a book that was flying under the radar. Same with their Star Spangled War stories featuring G.I. Zombie. Grayson, though, was an exciting breath of fresh air. Yeah, Not unlike the other comics I've mentioned, they actually sold well. I do want to also point out Grant Morrison's Action Comics run. I enjoyed it immensely. I found it way ahead of its time. It was a great modern update of the Golden Age Superman concepts. And I think it's just gotten better with age. Speaking of Action Comics, I do want to lament the lost opportunity of Andy Diggle writing the series after Grant Morrison's run ended. He quit before the first issue was even released. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it was really good. And if he had continued writing the series instead of Tony Daniel working off the outlines that were left behind, it could have been a really, really great run on action and would have endeared more people to the New 52 Superman. Lastly, I do have an answer to a question of the week post a few weeks ago. Regarding comic book one-hit wonders, how come nobody responded with Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? That's the (laughs) biggest one-hit wonder in comics I could think of. Anyways, I realize I'm a few seconds over, so I will talk to you guys later. Get this guy out of here. Dan, you jackass. Thank you, Dan. Uh, That's pretty great, though. Yeah, uh, greatest one-hit wonder in comics. It it may just be TMNT. Usagi Jimbo, Stan Sky, also a one-hit wonder. Um, I I mean, I guess it's weird, right? Like, uh, nobody says that... uh, you know, Axl Rose is a one hit wonder because he's only in one band. Like Guns N' Roses, they keep putting out records. Uh, they yeah. have many, many hits. Doesn't mean anybody's um, buying them or they had any hits. I'm, look, I'm just calling out. A, I'm just calling out a name. No, uh, I would say most Steven overrated. Tyler with Aerosmith. Yeah, most right? overrated for Guns N' Roses. Yeah, um, but uh, it, it's weird when you say you're like this guy only has one comic book to his name. It just so happens to have lasted 35 years. Right. Yeah. Dave Sim with Cerebus, you know, it's like, okay, sure. Like, um, but well, yeah, like that Dave is, Sim that's funny. Actually turned out to be one hit wonder. <laughs> we, we found that. No, out. It, no, it's true. <laughs> yeah. You're right about that. You're right about that. All right. Let's get to Mr. James Kaplan. Hey guys, James Kaplan here with an answer for the question of the week. Thinking back on the new 52, there were a lot of, really fun books. I mean, there was sort of the obvious successes like Snyder and Capullo's Batman, which was great. Uh, Wonder Woman, Azarello, Chang was a fantastic comic. Uh, But I'm also thinking about some of the smaller stuff like uh, Animal Man, the Jeff Lemire, Travel Foreman, Animal Man book was great. Um, At least as far as the outset, I remember really enjoying the uh, Snyder, Yannick Paquette, Swamp Thing book. Um, Frankenstein agent of shade was a personal favorite of mine. Uh, I think it's the team that started was Lemire and Alberto Ponicelli. That was a fun book. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Was actually something I really enjoyed. I mean, it was clearly, it was just a straight Kirby kind of homage and you, you know, but 
uh, from Giffen and DiDio, but it was, it was still really fun. And then I can't say I'm particularly a fan of vampire stories generally, but I Vampire did introduce me to the work of Andrea Sorrentino. So like, I do remember thinking it was an amazing looking book and, um, you know, it felt like they were trying some interesting stuff. Um, I, yeah, I mean, like, there was a lot of ones that were sort of forgettable and their reinterpretations of characters were weird, but, um, but yeah, no, I mean, there was definitely, uh, plenty to enjoy in the new 52. Anyway, uh, hope you guys are doing well. I do love that James and Thank Van you, James. had completely different views of the OMAC book. Like, the I, OMAC, I that. that OMAC book is divisive. I hate uh, it. I the OMAC it. book is divisive. Oh. It was a very, very different take on that concept. Hated it. Um, and I know that it, something came up where, um, who was the guy? Who was the writer on Twitter who uh, wouldn't say who Dan DiDio? Oh, no, but he said that it wasn't. He did come out and say it wasn't. Oh, okay. So, um, All right, yeah. Like It, it seemed like the sort of like uh, vanity project where Dan DiDio uh, like insisted on writing it himself. Oh yeah. Like you're telling me nobody else at DC has a con as an OMAC pitch. Like, come on, where, where is Phil Hester? But this was Call Phil Hester. This was that time where Dan DiDio was yeah, like, I true. think I'm going to write a book and it's going to be a huge hit. And everyone's like, no, it's right. not. And he's yeah. like, well, I'm not canceling it. So deal with it. I mean, it did get canceled, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that OMAC book is very divisive for yeah. sure. All right. I'm not sure who this is. Hey, it's John. Oh, it's John. Uh, I know that people are probably tired of hearing about it on the show because you talked about it like the last four weeks. Um, so every, everyone that is tired of hearing about uh, Batman and uh, the, oh shit, the, the comics app, I'm totally blanking on the name. Uh, basically what it boils down to, and I think Joe is kind of tiptoeing, not tiptoeing, but like just didn't state it explicitly, is DC's doing this because Batman is a brand. Um, oh, so they definitely can make money off this, even if it isn't directly on the app. So they can sell products. Oh, web you talking about Webtoon. Somehow tied into it, you know, has the same art, uh, it has some similar, you know, the tokens, yada, yada. But it also strengthens the brand because DC Comics isn't just comics. It isn't just movies. It's folders. It's posters. Yep. It's toothbrushes. It's, you know, toothpaste. It, it's, the cereals, it strengthens the, the name of Batman to get that many more eyes on it. Uh, and it just makes it so much more sellable to them. I hate talking about this stuff. It makes my skin crawl. I worked in advertising, very low level. I, have, I, was, I was never a madman or anything like that. And I've never had an education in it. But that's what this stuff is about. And uh, now, granted, like, maybe they're also doing it as a whole separate uh, you know, entity where they're like, they're hoping it takes off and it's something where, you know, they, that becomes a revenue stream for them. But even just getting that many eyes on it, yeah. um, you know, in, in, if it's just something that lasts a couple of years, that's a lot of eyes on it. A lot of young eyes, a lot of people that are going to have some money coming up in the future. And they just want to keep that name of Batman out there. So I, I think it really boils down to that. Okay. That's all. I will talk to you guys later. Peace out. Word. He, no, he's not word, wrong. Word, John. He, word. He's not wrong. It's, Don't sell yourself short, buddy. You are a madman. Yeah, man. you're absolutely uh, a madman. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think we did circle around to it. Uh, and uh, We got there. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Batman is more uh, is more than just getting people to read the monthly Batman title. It is about selling shit with yep. Batman's face on it. And getting kids um, to pay attention. And this is a great way to get kids right. to pay attention. Because you know what yep. kids aren't doing? 
they're not reading Fear State Alpha. They're not. Right. Yes, 100%. And yeah, so you can like you can shake your fist at it from your front porch uh like like Matt did at first. I, I hate children, you know? And uh, but like but we yeah, we understand that as a business venture, uh, this webtoon thing is a huge deal for DC and uh, lots of people were paying attention to yep. it. So Adam Crouch, what do you got for us? Hey guys, uh, this is Adam Crouch. I wanted to give you a call about the new 52. Um, uh, my perspective on it is, is the first time where I was close enough to buy monthly comics. Uh, I was away at college. Uh, so, you know, first time I was able to do that. And I found a lot of like, uh, a lot to like. You know, you had Snyder Batman. Um, Manipool Flash was really fun for a while. Uh, Jeff Johnson, Aquaman, Green Lantern. Um, and his Justice League, you know, maybe not the greatest run of all time, but uh, probably the best we've had in a while. Um, and then you have more experimental things like Omac, uh, Frankenstein. Um, another favorite was uh, I Vampire, um, Midnighter, lots of fun stuff. <coughs> but um, I, I would probably say that it is a mistake in the grand scheme of things, um, just because I feel like they let a lot of their core superheroes kind of uh, get kind of stale. Um, but, you know, um, that just kind of made Rebirth a lot sweeter when it came out and kind of restored things, at least the special. Uh, and then I found those Rebirth books, you know, I probably enjoyed the New 52 books more for the most part because they were uh, doing more experimental things. But, hey, I appreciate you guys. Uh, have a good one. Adam, love you, buddy. And, yeah. Thank you, Adam. Echoing a lot of what we were talking about in our answer. Like, say what you will. They did a lot of new stuff that they probably would not have done when they were cutting off Arsenal's <laughs> arm and shit like that, you know? It's true. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to save my final thoughts until our call, uh, the last of our calls because I think we're probably going to hear similar things. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's thank you, Adam. I appreciate it. Uh, we got ourselves a new caller. I think another so. New caller. I think so. Hello, Joe and Matt. My name's Cliff. Longtime fan. I've been listening since you started reviewing the new 52 books. When you mentioned you were going to revisit them, reminded me. And I should probably call in. I just wanted to touch base and ask you guys about Batman The World, the new book that shows the creators from other countries and their take on Batman. I really enjoyed it. It's where what you guys thought. Thanks very much. Keep up the good work. Love the show. Bye. Cliff, welcome <laughs> aboard, my man. Hey, welcome aboard, Cliff. When you said that you had been listening since we reviewed the New 52 and that's what inspired you to call, I thought your call was going to be about the New 52. Well, no, but he's asking uh, about Batman the no, World. No, that's totally okay. Yeah. okay. Um, Batman the World, I haven't read it yet. I've started um, it. I am, I am curious about it, though. I have started it, and so far, I mean, it's fun. And I've always, I have liked this idea since Batman Incorporated back in the day. I loved Grant Morrison's Batman Incorporated. A lot of people thought I got super silly and stupid. I thought it was a ton of fun. And this is not so much Batman Incorporated where there's different Batman everywhere. This is, you know, how he inspired other These are the international world. creators yes. telling stories about Batman. Right. But it's also very similar where a lot of them are putting a character in their homeland, you know, doing something where they were inspired oh. by Batman and stuff, too. 
So okay, yeah, it's it's. I think so far I really like it. I have not finished it yet, but that would be a good one for us maybe to read for a take a look. It's in a book club, and uh, yeah, who knows? We might give you a holler to see what you think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, who obviously knows? October we got to do something spooky, but oh, maybe yeah. for November we'll do the Batman. We got we got a spook fest plan for that one. All right. Uh, I think we can probably find something spookier than what we originally had now that we have time to think about it. <laughs> I kind of want to read that one, though. Read the whole thing. I think it's kind of fun. Well, yeah, you can read it, but it's not really that scary. It's not scary. You scared the hell out of me. Final it call. Here we go. Mr. Jason Sachs. Hey, guys. This is Jason Sachs. Sorry for not uh, calling sooner, a fewer weeks, whatever. Uh, you know, you know how it goes. Uh, so the new 52, what a mess, what a failure. Dude, they had so much, de- so much attention to this project. They could have had done so well with these books, but instead, it just ended up being mediocre. That's comics for you, you know? They do some planning. Yeah, baby. They think things are going to be great, and things always fall apart. Whether it's Marvel or DC, things are never as good as you want them to be. Uh, my favorite series, and still my favorite series that came out of it was, uh, the Grant Morrison action comics. Uh, I love the young Superman in the blue jeans. I thought the way Morrison brought off that world was just so fun and interesting. And, you know, it was just a clever-ass title. also like that Wonder Woman book you talked about. And it was cool how they connected Wonder Woman to the mythology. And, man, that Cliff Chang art. Worst to me was uh, Gail Simone's uh, Fury of Firestorm, yep. which was, like, amateurish, stupid, Foolish, dumb, weird, made no sense. Uh, it was just awful, pathetic, stupid. Anyway, um, wow. I'll nice talk to you guys. Catch you later. Bye. So, even Gail Simone on her Twitter a couple weeks ago, somebody, another pro, like said something like, Name uh, a book or a character you worked on that you just absolutely feel nothing for in retrospect. And she instantly was like, Firestorm, next. <laughs> And I don't know if yeah. it's just because it was with Ethan Van Skyver and she doesn't, you know, she's not proud of that. Or she also thinks it was trash. But that book was trash. It was such trash. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Jason. Uh, we always love hearing from you. Um, so the New 52. We already gave our answers, but I have a final thought. Um, so many of the callers and even you, Matt, um, said that ultimately the new 52 was a bad idea. And I have to go back to what I said originally uh, about separating the creative decisions made during the new 52 from the actual act of the, of rebooting the universe of new 52. Uh, uh, of rebooting the universe, all new jumping on points, new creative teams, new directions, uh, and so many people have said the new 52 is what got me into comics. The new 52 is what got me into comics. Um, yeah. And so for whatever you think about the actual product, um, the new 52 to me was absolutely a good idea because it brought so many new people into comics that are still reading today. And if DC had not done that, those people would have never come back to comics. They would have, like who's to say they they there there may have been something marvel did or 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 whatever but like we don't know that those people would have ever been interested enough to come back to comics or start reading comics for the first time oh for sure i mean and it, so i think that the just the by the, by the virtue of the new 52 building the audience of comics 
it was a worthwhile endeavor. For sure. Whether we're talking about the new 52 or we're making fun of Marvel in the 90s and like Rob Lee Fields X-Force and, and shit like that. It The old saying goes, every comic is somebody's first comic. Well, yeah, Heroes it Reborn. Is. We had a whole we had a whole episode about how terrible Heroes Reborn was, but Heroes Reborn was like a smash hit. Yeah, every it was com- a smash. Every hit. comic book is potentially somebody's first comic book, and if you liked yeah. it and it brought you in, good. Welcome aboard. I hope that you can dig in and find some better shit to read. Personally, but I mean, that yeah. doesn't make it bad. <laughs> but also, again, like I think the people that are like. Jason, uh, you know, and 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 you and I to an extent, like I think the people that are like, eh, blah, the new fifty two, a lot of that is born out of um, maybe uh, like a a disappointment that DC kind of gave up on their universe, right? Oh, They're like, sure, we we, we, we gave up that. on their universe. We started, we're starting over from scratch. Okay, fine. But if you weren't there, um, then why why would you give a shit? Right, right, exactly. And uh, but you know, in this, but in the same breath. As saying that, we say, oh, but this book was good and that book was the good, you yeah. know, and they did. They took a lot of chances. And so, you know, like, nothing's ever going to be as good as you want it to be, but I got to give them credit for trying. Fair enough. Let's talk about this new question of the week that we have. I know. I love it. Joe Patrick. Set it up for these nerds. We can get the hell out of here. All right. This question of the week was submitted by Scott Evil via the THN forums. That's right. The heart is still pumping over there. <laughs> Every once in a while. Such as still, it is. There's still a blip. It is on, it's on life support. In the vein of Sin's past becoming continuity past, what are some of your favorite and least favorite retcons? We we've we've sort of we've talked about this a bit before, but it's good to revisit it. This is always good because there's probably yeah. been 200 since we did this last sure. time. <laughs> and uh, so retcon retcon doesn't necessarily mean a complete reboot like the New 52. It could be something simple like adjusting history so that Reed and Ben did not fight in World War II. They fought in uh, the Gulf War or right. whatever. Right. Um, for Scott, sticking with Spider-Man, uh, he says, I love me some brand new day and will defend it at length. Wow. But wow. Not one more day, brand new day. Still. And I understand that. Like, it was a different... It was, <laughs> I know what this, it is. Uh, look, we all liked brand new day. Don't act like you didn't. It I, wasn't always it, it wasn't always good, but a lot of times it was. Yep. Uh, but he says the spider totem idea is just nonsense. Yep. Dude, you are preaching to the choir. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, retcons, uh, history, history tweaks of your favorite characters, large and small, good or bad. Yeah. Good and bad. I want, I want to hear your best and your least favorite. Speaking of sins past, we have a tales too terrible to tell coming real quick here where we are revisiting sins past. I just finished reading the whole thing and I have thoughts and I think some of them are going to be shocking for Mr. Joe Uh, Patrick. I have, I'm already shocked just and, by you saying that because I know what I mean. Uh, we'll, no, you'll see. You'll see. <laughs> um, so uh, is it more than four issues? I, in my memory, it was only six four issues. issues. Six issues. Six issues. Okay. Yeah. Six issues, but uh, it's legend would go on for years. We'll say that. <laughs> we'll talk yeah. about that over on our Patreon. We've got a Patreon Extra from last week where we're talking about the New 52. It was a very popular subject. Thank you to everybody that called in and wanted to Holy talk cow, about it. Holy cow, so many new callers it today. It touched so many people. We did, Like, who even knew? It touched so many of you. Huh? That's why it was a good idea, guys. Sorry. Hate to break it to you, haters. The New 52 it was a good thing. 
End of thought, huh? All right. Well, End we'll, of thought. <laughs> like, I, I've already given all my thoughts. We'll be back next Wednesday with a Cosmic Long Box End of episode. tweet, like James Caan. End of tweet. <laughs> we'll be back next Wednesday with another Cosmic Long Box episode. For those of you who are new around here, that is when we dig into comics of the past based on a theme. This week's theme is Trapped in a Suit! And that's basically characters that have to live in a suit. They're stuck there. Or, you know, altered skin, you know. Right. M- metal coating, they're, whatever. They're, they're, all, they're all constantly on fire. Yep, nothing you can <laughs> do know. about it. You're stuck in there. <laughs> we'll talk all about it on our regular show. But for now... That's it. Yeah. So we'll see you next Wednesday, same THN time. We'll see you next Thursday, same THN time, same THN channel. We'll be back for to cover next Saturday. And uh, ditto. Same time, same channel. But for now, my name's Matt Bomb. My name is Joe Patrick. This is the two-headed nerd signing off. Thank you.